Welcome back to the Supercoach Champions. This is the late mail edition for round five. You've got Catfish. I'm here with Wacko Jacko's mail. We've got NRL Physio catching us up on all the injury concerns for this week. And we've also um, got some of your Twitter questions. So without further ado, let's jump straight into it. Here's my chat with NRL Physio. What's the matter? Haven't you ever seen a football injury before, you wimps? Let's go. Welcome back to the NRL Physio himself, Brian. He's here to join me to chat injuries for round four. Mate, let's just jump straight into it. I know you're a busy man, so I won't take up too much of your time. <laughs> All good, mate. So let's, um, rather than jumping over the place, let's just go through the games from last week. So starting on Broncos and Roosters, uh, I don't think there was anything too dramatic in terms of injuries, right? Yeah, uh, I think Victor Adley at the time looked pretty intense. Like everyone was kind of, you know, even myself, I was like, geez, you know, he got folded kind of in the complete wrong direction. Um, yeah. And that was a bit of a worry, but um, yeah, come out since from the, from the roosters that he avoided any major injury and it was just like bruising. I wouldn't be surprised if he has some sort of like minor ligament sort of damage, um, which he can kind of play through. You just strap it up and kind of play through it. So I'd say there's something there, but he should be all good for this week. Yeah, no, that's good to hear. Uh, I know you copped a little bit of flack about the whole, uh, Milford incident. <laughs> Some people oh, God, went at yeah. you about it just because oh, yeah. you tried to say you got caught it. Caught. I tried to be fairly neutral. I thought. But... Yeah, Lord, Lord forbid I try and be neutral. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't. I try not to let my biases get involved. I mean, what were they expecting? Like, oh, Victor Radley has his arms wrenched out by Milford <laughs> in a tackle. <laughs> That's very professional. Sounds just like my tweets. Exactly. Exactly. Moving on to the next game, uh, obviously the Panthers and Warriors. I don't think there was anything too dramatic in this one. I didn't see any HIAs or any injuries that you know caused any issues for the Panthers. No, uh, nothing that I can think of. It's just a few curious um, whether the players came off early or they got hooked or whatever, because the minutes for the for the Warriors are a little bit yeah, up and down. Yeah, all over the place. Yeah. Absolutely. Now with the Storm and the Rabbitohs, again, I think it was a pretty in terms of like on field, there was no issues except Josh Adokar rib issues. Yes. Clearly, he was not well. No. But he stayed out there. Like, is there any particular reason you think that the Storm would have done that? Because surely yeah. it's impacted, right? Yeah, and absolutely. I guess the biggest thing with those is some, like some of them, you can needle really, really well, and you needle them up, and it kind of you know allows you to keep going. Um, whereas others, you know, you chuck 10 or 12 needles in there and it doesn't really do much um so yeah obviously the needle worked well enough for him um there's no risk of further damage it's just more a pain tolerance thing so if they can get it to a point where he thinks he can tolerate it um then yeah chuck him back out there because they don't really I, I don't think they were carrying anyone on the bench who would have um you know would have been able to sort of fill in out there um the only other one was which we didn't know in the game at the time but jerome hughes um broken bone in his hand he's going to miss two three weeks which probably to a lot of people sounds a bit um a bit sort of light on in terms of for a broken bone usually you know four to six weeks but with those little bones in the hand so Hughes is getting surgery. If you get surgery, it kind of stabilizes the fracture and can allow you to sort of get back a bit quicker. So yeah, two to three weeks is, is pretty standard. Yeah. This, like you're right. Like no one realized that he was suffering from anything. Yeah, so that's right. He managed to... If it gets past it's... me, mate, mate, then they've done pretty well, I think. So. No, that's very yeah. cool. You have eagle eyes and you often pick up stuff. I'm just like, oh gosh, I didn't even realize that was an issue there. So 
very good that you continue to provide the service for us. Uh, next game, we've got obviously the Eels and the Seagulls. Uh, again, pretty simple, but I, I hear Fanua Blake copped a bit of a cork. Yeah, so I think Fanua Blake, like I didn't, I didn't, like he looked a bit ginger towards the end of the game, but it didn't look anything serious. And Des sort of said post match that it was fine. The one that I haven't heard a lot about, which I did notice he went off a little bit earlier than normal, was um, Curtis Sirenen. Like Des didn't even mention him in the post match, but he went down pretty heavy. He was chasing like a break up the sideline. The camera angle wasn't great, but it looked like his knee kind of like whacked in the turf pretty hard. So it looked more than likely just a like, both of them probably just sort of that contusion cork kind of injury, which is a, usually a pretty pretty straightforward um, return. So I would assume both of them will be fine for this week. Yeah, that's a good shout. I, I was looking around for information on that. I mean, I couldn't find anything. Yeah. And yeah, so it was, I thought it was a, an interesting time for him to come off the field, given the scoreline and everything that was going yeah, on there. So, all right. And looking to the next game, the Cowboys and the Sharks, there were a couple of concerns for the Cowboys. Obviously, you know, Tom Malolo, let's talk about him. Let's get him out of the way. <laughs> what's the, the goss? One. What's what's doing? <laughs> yeah, mate, look, like, it's it's one of those things where it's, look, everything's pointing towards he's going to play this week so far. I think um, the, the very limited reports from the Cowboys are that they were quite confident that he would um, he would be right for this week and they were aiming for this week. But as I said to you last week, it, it is, like, I really wish I could provide, you know, a more definitive, yep, this is exactly what's going to happen. But it really just depends on how his knee responds to increasing the load. So, you know, he's going to go out. I think there were photos of him training on Monday. Um, so he's going to go out and do a little bit of running then. And and if he does that, it doesn't, you know, it's not too painful. It doesn't stiffen up. It doesn't swell up. He's going to increase it. So later in the week, you know, on like today or tomorrow, he's going to increase it. He's going to do more. And you've just got to see how that knee responds because, look, he can go get a scan and say bone bruising. But it really, in terms of dictating when he returns to play, it's more about how it feels when he does, you know, does those those higher load activities like running, like getting tackled, like getting up, you know, from squatting and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's, it's uh, yeah, as I said, I, I really like to be able to provide people with, you know, more info and sort of give them that advantage that others might not have. But in this case, you've literally just got to wait and see how he goes throughout the week. I mean, the Cowboys are pretty guarded with their information so we might not get much out of them um but yeah hopefully like a couple of the reporters in around the you know up in townsville will give us something about how much he's trained um because yep. it really yeah just comes down to how he responds i know a lot of the time what we do look at is whether or not he's made the captain's run so we're yes. recording this on a wednesday uh, so by the time you guys listen to this it'll probably have the captain's run should have already occurred so we might hear reports of him having shown up there and often that's, you know, everyone yeah. breathes a sigh of relief because he's playing 6 p.m. on Friday. Is there right. a chance that he pulls up bad on Friday morning and he might still be ruled out? Or... Absolutely. Yeah, okay. of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it is one of those things where it's, it, like, as I said, it, it will, it can not only be sore during, but it can be sore afterwards as well. So, you know, pulling up the next day or something like that, he might wake up Friday morning and it just be a little bit swollen and stiff because when you, you know, when you sleep, you're not moving around, circulation's not fantastic, so it can get a bit stiff and sore. Um, so, yeah, it, it, that's that's kind of why I said last week it is, you know, it, it, I wouldn't begrudge anyone who was trading him because it is a bit of a fluid situation. Like, it, it really, he could come out this week, play 60 minutes because his knee's feeling fantastic and pump out a big score. 
or he could wake up Friday morning, be a bit sore, not play at all. He could get 20 minutes in and it, you know, cop a whack in the wrong spot or, and, and it feel pretty nasty. So like all the realms of possibility are literally on the table for this kind of injury, which yeah, it sounds like I'm hedging my bets, but it's literally, that's the nature of this kind of injury. Yeah. And I, just to, I guess, reinforce, you're not trying to be vague for no reason. It's no. just, it is a vague injury. So I think Correct. that's the thing we're going to take out. So basically, check final team list uh, when they yeah. come out an hour before and probably don't captain him is probably the other yeah. advice, right? If, if there's a chance he might cop a knock halfway um, and, and, you know, potentially have his minutes reduced or whatever as a result. So Absolutely. good info yeah. there. Now we do see Andrew Fafita showing up on the team list this week. Um, I, we talked about him in previous weeks, I guess, yeah. you know, it's a big watch, I suppose, especially for, yeah. for draft players. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see if there's any signs of yeah. life. Yeah, because I think, um, like, I think when we last talked, it was all, you know, John Morris had been interviewed post-match and he'd sort of said, oh, no, it's the it's definitely managing the knee. But then, you know, there were reports pre-game of calf and then the Cronulla website came out and said calf. So it's all a bit of a mystery in terms of whether it's the knee or the calf and or, you know, the calf's probably related to the knee, to be honest. Um, so yeah, it's all a bit. It, it's not the greatest news if you, as you said, I doubt any anybody owns him in classic. But um, yeah, certainly for those draft draft guys, it's it's not ideal. Whether I oh, look, I wouldn't feel fantastic about starting him this week. But it just depends on your options. You know, I, I'd say I'd say he, you know, maybe in 12, 14 team leagues, you might have to trot him out. But if you're in a 10 team league, I can't. Surely you've got better options. Yeah. No, that sounds perfect. Just something to keep an eye on because we do know Fafida at his best, there's no front row forward who can match him right now, aside yeah, from Penhouse. So. Yes, correct. All right, oh, next game. Actually, my boy, my boy from the Titans has come through, mate. I own him in three or four leagues, and he, he is brilliant. So I'm, I'm just, I'll, I'll just throw his name out there as someone who I reckon is going to match him. Oh, look, I'm not going to lie. I'm actually quite keen to, to pick him up in Classic. So oh, he's very, he's awesome. Very, yeah, he's been killing it. So, all right, moving on to the next game, which is the Raiders and the Knights. So for the Raiders, we did have Jackie White and having to go off for a uh, head knock. Uh, he failed yep. his HIA, I believe. So as always, got to go through his protocols. Uh, I think we've spoken enough about that. Uh, I don't think there's any other particular injury concerns there for the Raiders, aside from the ongoing John Bateman saga, but we probably can't really yeah. speak about it right now. We're just waiting for him to recover now, right? Isn't it? Yeah, correct. Yeah, I think the Raiders said, well, they didn't say anything. They said, um, it, like, you know, uh, inconclusive or, you know, he'll be out for a, a certain amount of time and they won't put any pressure on it. I think there was one report that said 10 weeks. So, you know, um, for anyone, anyone, once again, it's probably more draft than classic, but, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's going to be a while before you have him, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And then for the Knights, um, firstly, Caelan Ponga had a head knock, came off after almost setting up a try. <laughs> Another oh, bit no, of a drama thing, crazy, right? Because yeah. the, the, the trainer part cleared him, but then he got he uh, must have been brought off uh, on replay, right? With the yeah, doctors. Yeah. yeah, having a look at it, which is, you know, what we want. We want those guys, you know, sometimes they can see him right out in the field, but it's good to have those spotters. Yeah, it's just kind of funny, right? Because if he's all right to set up a try for another player, kind of thing right, should mate. be okay, right? Yeah, you'd think so. But, uh, yeah, it's just those concussions. They can be a bit bit delayed or a bit on and yeah. off. So, yeah, always best to check. And aside from that, obviously, um, just has to pass protocols. I don't think we heard if he had any issues passing his HIA. 
on the day. Yeah, no, I think he's I think he's all good from what I've heard. Good news for Ponga owners. And the other news for the Knights, I suppose, is uh, Kurt Mann, who I believe is trending the right way, but most likely will just be needled up to, uh, you know, <laughs> so he doesn't feel anything on his ankle probably. Yeah, yeah. well, so this is the it's probably an interesting one to talk about in terms of we hear so much about syndesmosis injuries, right, and high ankle sprains and blah, 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 and that seems to be the more common one. But this this one that he suffered is a lower or a lateral ankle sprain, which is actually the, the, you know, the garden variety one that, you know, you or I or general public people suffer the most. Um, it's just where you roll your foot in and you stretch ligaments on the outside. It's it's important to know, and, and for people watching, and I tweeted out at the time, like these, they often look really, really nasty. Like the foot just almost folds in half and you think, oh, my God, like he's fractured something, he's going to be out for ages. But more often than not, they just look a lot worse than they are. They're ones that, like, those ligaments are important for side-to-side stability, and you can generally strap the ankle up really, really solid and sort of do the job of those ligaments fairly well, um, whereas you can't do that with the high, with high ankle sprains as well. So usually, like, even the most severe ones, they'll, they'll only miss a couple of weeks, if that. Um, and sometimes they can, as you say, get needled up, get rid of the pain, strap it up so it's nice and stable, and then away they go. So, I like if you know he's he's training well for this week. If it wasn't this week, I'd say next week um, he'd be looking good. I'd say. Good news for man owners then. Uh, oh, but I... the only other one would be um, Lockie Fitzgibbon. He's on the extended bench, I believe. Um, they did sort of say, um, Adam O'Brien said after the game last week that he doubted he would risk him. And look, I'd like, I'd be surprised if he did play purely because it's a hamstring injury. And if there's doubts, you know, like you very rarely see teams take risks with those kind of things. So it would, it'd be surprising if he played, but if he plays, then you'd think that he's well and truly ticked all the boxes. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, and they obviously want to look after him because, you know, at his best, he was a really damaging weapon for them on that left edge. Yeah, when, absolutely. Uh, especially with Ponga. Imagine Ponga working with um, Lockie Fitz and best yeah, on that edge. Yeah. That's scary prospect. And, of course, the weapon Edric Lee as well. Oh, of course. <laughs> uh, origin, origin hype, Edric Lee. Ain't he the man, Edric Lee. <laughs> Thanks, game. Titans and the Tigers. So the Titans, um, I mean... Nothing really to write home about here. Just a really confusing kind of bench. But what can I say? I hope we've got the job done with this, yeah, that's this right. uh, team. So, that's the most important thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I was laughing at him when I first saw it. But what can I say? I mean, yeah. can't criticize the job. Uh, but no, the, I don't know whether it was Holbrook or just the Tigers sort of fulfilling their destiny of, you know, ninth. those last-minute deaths of ninth. So, yeah, well, that's well, it. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair call. I guess we'll get a better measure of it to this week when the Titans yeah. face the, the Rabbitohs. But that's right. speaking of the Tigers, they didn't have too much um, in, in in question here, aside from uh, Luke Garner's perpetual battle with HIAs. Hmm. I think, yeah, is, so... he, is he up there for potentially like the most practised <laughs> NRL players for taking the HIAs? Yeah, he's, he certainly had a few. Um, I'm like he's out this week. I really hope like there hasn't been much sort of come out, but I hope I hope it's not to do with the head knocks. Um, hopefully, like uh, this sounds weird to say, but hopefully he's just been dropped. Um, because yeah, I, yeah, I know like, what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just you just hope that there's no because he has had 
quite a few, whether it be concussions or HIAs. He's definitely had a few over the over the last couple of seasons. So hopefully he's all good and there's and there's no lingering issues there and it's just a form thing and he's got to work his way back. Yeah, good shout there. Aside from that, nothing else going uh, injury-wise for them, which is good, although the team looks pretty different this week for the Tigers, which will be interesting yeah, to see if Madge is just frustrated at them. Uh, and last two teams, not very exciting, but the Bulldogs... We did have, I think, some, I think, Carrot Holland, uh, a shoulder issue, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think ribs, actually, the rib, rib cartilage right. injury. So a bit like. Somewhere around there. <laughs> yeah, look, in that general vicinity. So a bit like Addo Carr, look, you know, I think he hasn't been named this week, so it's pain tolerance. So as long as there's no fracture, fracture, you need a little bit more time for healing. So it can be sort of three to four weeks. Um, but generally, if there's no fracture, it's just a pain tolerance thing, but not to not to downplay it, rib cartilage, rib, you know, injuries, they're, they're some of the most painful. So it just might take him a couple of weeks for it to settle down and, and get into a point where he can play again. All right. And then for the Dragons, we had Brad and Willie Army go down with a calf issue. Um, and obviously he's missing this week. What's the usual time frame for that? Yeah, so, uh, like, there's anywhere from sort of, like, your minor grading one to three weeks to sort of six to eight weeks for a higher grading. Um, look, he's, you know, it's really hard to judge muscle strains just off the video, but it certainly looked a bit more than a minor one. So he might be missing for, you know, about a month or so. The Dragons haven't exactly said as yet. Um, but, yeah, look, hopefully we'll get some more guidance from them. But it, it's worth noting that calf injuries, rather than like hamstring injuries, very high recurrence rate or re-injury rate, whereas calves, they just tend to linger. Like they, you know, you can think you're all good and you go out and you just got this lingering kind of, kind of tightness or soreness. So they just tend to linger around a little bit more. So it can sometimes be a bit delayed with rehab. He certainly looked like he couldn't wait there coming off the yeah. field so that's not a good sign for him that's right based on what you're saying and i just realized we got so excited when we talked about the cowboys we forgot to talk about anybody except for tamalolo um, yes johnny asiata uh, and he, uh, yeah. he's gone for surgery already hasn't he yeah yeah so just a meniscus injury um so with david Fafida, he got a repair so that's where they actually stitch up the meniscus bit longer recovery um this this kind of meniscus surgery they just remove and smooth out the meniscus which is your cartilage um so it's a pretty quick quick return to play four to six weeks and and they generally have um have no sort of lingering issues there which is good right that's good news for the cowboys because um he's an underrated part of that bench i think offers a fair bit for them and the other good news for the Cowboys, they're getting Cohen Hess back this week, so that yeah, would be a no, big boost no to real, them. No real indication there of what happened, but yeah, he should be fine. Yeah, I think they they really lacked obviously Tom Lolo, but Hess miss, being missing was uh, not good for them either. So no doubt the Cowboys will be looking forward to getting both those guys back ASAP. Big time. All right, mate. Thank you again for your time. Uh, it's just so good to hear you provide your insight because. Um, I think it makes my decisions on who I'm going to play or, you know, whether I captain a certain guy or whatever, much more clearer. So we do appreciate it. Uh, good luck for yeah. your draft uh, this week. I'm not I'm not playing with you, uh, playing against you in our league, am I? I? Oh, I haven't checked, but I don't think so, mate, which is good. Yeah. I've had a bit of a rough last two weeks. I've, uh, I've went, I was started 2-0 and and lost the last two, so now 2-2. Two two. Actually behind you at the top of the league, mate, which is... got to say... 
the juggernaut. <laughs> gotta pull that. Gotta pull that out. Look, and it's the highlight of my for your boy Macca this week too, Andrew McCulloch. So yeah, you know, charging up the leaderboard, mate. Mate, I, I had to do something. Blake Braley was going to cut it for the rest of the season for me. So, <laughs> uh, look, it's the highlight of my uh, my super coach season well, so far, which is not saying much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm at like thirty thousandth in classic, so I think um I think my my six bloody um draft leagues are going to be the focus from here on out. Uh, I'm having fun though, and it'll be good. It'll be a good challenge to see if I can get one over all you draft experts. <laughs> Definitely, mate. It's good fun. All right, mate. Thanks again. We'll catch you again soon. Awesome, mate. See you then. You've got mail, baby. Yeah. All right. So make sure you plan ahead for any injury-related issues that might affect players that you have, especially Jason Tomalolo. Now, uh, looking at the Wackos Whispers for round five. Uh, starting off with the Eagles and Broncos, obviously, um, if you haven't heard, George Tafua and Curtis Sirinan both omitted from the team, so that's got Corey Waddell starting on the right edge. We've got Jack Koshevsky coming onto the bench. Now, there is a potential... Um, Elliot, Brendan Elliott was named on the wing, but there's a whisper that uh, the rookie, Davida Funa, might debut on the left wing to replace Tafua. Uh, there was uh, some concern about Fanua Blake, had a, suffered a stinger to the shoulder uh, last weekend, is in some doubt. Um, but yeah, that's something to keep an eye on. Obviously, it's first game of the round, so nothing too hard to manage there. Broncos are expected to be 1-17, to unfortunately. We've got Corey at starting on the left edge, offhand Gabby on the right edge, Stags back at right centre, and we've got Xavier Coates on the right wing, um, and Herbie Farnworth on the left wing. Now, Ben Teo is going to come from the bench, and it's a question about what he will do there. Uh, there is also Tom Dearden and Jamal Jamil Hopawadi in the 19. Uh, with Ethan Bullimore and Richie Kennard dropping out of the team already. Next game, Warriors and Cowboys. The Warriors will welcome back Peter Hickey, who uh, missed a game on the weekend due to rib issues. Hayes Perham drops out at centre. We also get Ignatius Parsi returning after missing last week from a suspension and also concussion, apparently. And he might come onto the bench. Now, Blake Green and also Jermaine Denor Brown uh, both picked up knocks last week, so... Something to keep in mind there, but both are expected to be good to go. Now, Wacko is expecting Tohu Harris to continue in his lock role, with either Adam Blair or Jack Murchie starting on the right edge. Now, with the Cowboys, obviously Jason Tomolo named on the extended bench. Now, he did training with the squad on Monday, had a light run, but did no contact, and it, it's all coming down to whether he participates in the captain's run today to be declared a starter. Mitch Dunn is in some doubt other after he failed to finish last week's game due to concussion, and he'll, as always, pass the required protocols to play. Cohen Hess is also needing to pass final fitness tests at the captain's run after missing last week due to an ankle injury. Obviously, the hammer, Hamiso Tabuai Fido, makes his NRL debut on the left wing. Uh, it is noted that he actually would have played earlier in the season, but has been managing a few injuries, so it's good to know for his job security. Now, with the Eels and Panthers, Eels are expected to be with um, Ryan Madison, Mitch Moses, and Mike Acevo. They've all got, um, so, Matto ankle, Moses a cork, and Mike Acevo a knock. But they're expected to play um, to overcome those minor bumps and bruises. They also get Nathan Brown back after uh, having him sit out the last two weeks due to suspension. Uh, no other concerns for the Eels. The Panthers might have Dylan Edwards return, who's on, sitting on the extended bench. That would obviously... Um, see Caleb Aikens drop out 
from fullback Liam Martin returned to training last week after he recovered from his leg injury and has been named in 17, but Wacko says he expects Jack Hetherington to come onto the bench, who is more of a, like a prop. So good news for the back rowers there in particular. Jerome Luai apparently has a bit of a knee injury he suffered last week, but expected to recover to partner Nathan Cleary in the halves. Uh, Cleary obviously returning after his TikTok suspension. For the Rabbitohs and Titans, the Rabbitohs do have Junior Totola and Jaden Sua in some doubt, uh, but provided they pass their fitness tests at the captain's run, they will be expected to play. Bailey Sirenen also returns after recovering from a concussion. Uh, Cody Walker, James Roberts obviously back after suspension and other well, off-field issues for Roberts. Roberts will return at right centre. Um, Wacko expects Dane Gagai to jump over to left centre, which will allow Campbell Graham to move back to the right wing outside Roberts. The Titans do have Jai Arrow in some doubt after he copped a bad knock in the final minutes of the Tigers game on the weekend. Now, Jared Wallace or Jai Whitbread is uh, on standby should he be ruled out. The only potential change to the 17 revolves around whether Tyrone, Tyrone Roberts can prove his fitness as he battles an ankle injury, which has kept him out for the last two games. If he's ruled out again, um, then obviously Philip Sammy will stay at fullback. If not, he will come in. Sammy moves to the wing and Brian Kelly will drop out of the 17. Now for the Knights in the Storm. The Knights, as uh, previously mentioned, they have Kurt Mann in serious doubt after an ankle injury from the weekend's game. Reports are he's still a chance after having a light job on the ankle on Wednesday. However, if he's ruled out, Phoenix Crossland will get his debut to come into the team at 5'8". Kellen Pong is good to go after he passed all his required HIA protocols after he left the field in the final minutes of last week. And he's trained with the squad this week, so no issues there. Sione Matadia also stayed down after copping a hit on the weekend, but he's trained with the squad all week like Ponga and should be right to go. Lockie Fitzgibbon is an outside chance to return from a hamstring injury. If um, pass fit, he'll replace Brody Jones on the bench. The Storm have named Riley Jacks to replace Jerome Hughes in the halves, but uh, Wacko says he won't be surprised if Cooper Johns actually comes in to make his NRL debut at half. Josh Adekar has trained this week and he expects to be playing after recovering from his rib injury. The only other potential change might be to the starting lineup with Nelson Asofo-Solomona starting at prop instead with Christian Welch to shift back to the bench. For the Tigers and the Raiders, Obviously, the Tigers coach, Madge Maguire, swung the axe on the team list, dropped a host of players after a disappointing in their loss to the Titans last weekend. Tommy Talao comes into the left wing. Josh Reynolds onto the right edge to partner Chris Lawrence uh, on that right edge as well. Zane Musgrove returns to starting prop with Thomas McKayley dropping to the bench. Russell Packer's also in the team after he uh, has sat out for a fair while due to a foot surgery. He's returned to full training a couple of weeks ago and is good to go. Uh, we also see Chi Cam coming onto the bench as a bench utility. For the Raiders, they do have Joe Tarpanay and Jack Whiten in, um, in doubt. Tarpanay copped a knock, and Whiten has obviously got to pass his concussion protocols. Um, they both just need to pass their fitness at the captain's run, but expect it to be 1-17, to so keep an eye on that one there. Next game with the Bulldogs and Roosters. The Bulldogs will be without Raymus Smith after he failed at the judiciary on Tuesday and was suspended. We might see a like-for-like swap with Morgan Harper, set to come in at right centre. Suwasu Su passed his game day HIA, but he will need to pass the required protocols to play. If he's ruled out for whatever reason, Ophahiki Ogden will come onto the bench. The Roosters obviously welcome back James Tedesco uh, from his failed temperature check last weekend, but that was due to a stomach bug, not COVID-19, as he 
got a negative result on that test. Uh, Teddy returned to training on Tuesday and should be right to go. Isaac Liu is in doubt due to concussion, uh, which may see him ruled out, which will allow Mitch Orbison to come onto the bench to play his first game after a COVID-19 enforced break. I would assume that's because of um, his family-related issues, which may have involved some travel for him. Uh, Victor Radley will be checked at captain's run after suffering an elbow injury on the weekend, but is expected to play. And the last game of the round, Dragons and Sharks. Obviously, we all know what's going on with the Dragons with Mary McGregor, but he hasn't made too many changes. Uh, Tariq Sim is out for four to six weeks. He's Terrell Fui Mayono coming to the right edge to replace him. Ewan Aitken comes in for the injured Braden Williami at left centre. The only other potential changes might be Jason Saab replacing Jordan Pereira on the left wing and either Jacob Host or Corbin Sims replacing Matt Dufty on the bench. For the Sharks, they've got Fafida and Townsend both named to return from injury, but they will have to pass their final fitness test at the captain's run on Saturday. We do have Will Kennedy and Siosifa Talakai on standby should either of them be ruled out. Now Josh Dugan didn't train to squad early in the week but is expected to be fine for Sunday. And Mawini Hiroti has been named to make the Sharks debut after recovering from a leg injury, which limited his preseason. And um, obviously, there's been that late news that Nene McDonald has signed with the Sharks, which should be known, should be announced in the coming week or so. Anyway, that is Wacko's Whispers. Now we'll check in with all of the Twitter questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Alright, I'm going to jump straight into your Twitter questions. Uh, first one comes from Alexander Smith at Xander137. He asks whether he should trade out Wonga Blake for Turbo or Lomax out for Teddy. Um, I think Lomax, he has a really good floor. So even though there's a obviously a, a lack of a ceiling given the Dragons attacking woes, I think I would trade out Wonga Blake. Lomax is, you know, in a pinch, playable in your 17, especially in your center wing. So that's the way I would go. Plus, I think, personally, I think the Turbo is probably a better bet against the Broncos over Teddy against the Bulldogs, although really it's a coin flip. My gut says Turbo, so read into that what you will. Next question comes from Kel Loz at Kelly Loz. Thoughts about Burton in for Billy Walters in the halves just for the cash? Look, I I mean, this assumes obviously you've really got Harry Grant and Bradman Best, but Burton off the bench probably is not going to make that much money. It's more, I just don't know what role he's going to play, uh, how long he's going to play. It's hard to guess. Um, even if you assume he make, he comes on and he plays a couple of minutes and let's say he scores 15 for the next two weeks coming off the bench. One, that's not great because if you have any auto-emergencies, you cop that 10, 15 score. Uh, but if he does score two 15s, he does make just under 100 grand, which is not bad. It's just, yeah, whether or not that's enough for you. Obviously, I prefer one of the other options. If not, even for points base, from from a points perspective, Fui Maono from the Dragons uh, probably will make more money and and has a you know he's going to score better and available in center wing. But if you're really just trying to get uh, Billy Walters out, yeah, look, at a pinch that if if you've got a plan for you know copying Burton's a you know low scores off on your bench for two weeks, and then he'll become someone like a Nathan Cleary or, or some other halfback then yeah I don't I don't mind it just uh keep in mind it's gonna it, it's gonna be an issue so uh that's the way I would look at it next question comes from Alex Bennett at Alex BC Bennett is the Sioni Katoa experiment over 
So I was wondering about this because obviously Ronaldo Mulatalo out for quite a while with a knee injury. Sione Katoa scored quite well on the right wing when he shifted there. Uh, he seems to me actually to be more of a natural right winger, really good at the put downs in the right hand side corner. So I'm not sure what happens there because obviously the Sharks have now signed Nene McDonald, who from memory played a lot on the left wing for the Cowboys and also for the Dragons. So that could actually end up pretty good for him. Uh, even uh, the, the the other w- young winger who's named Mawini Hiroti, I believe uh, when he was at the Rabbitohs played left wing as well. So to me, I I mean, we saw some pretty decent signs, even though he didn't get many, many, many attacking opportunities. Still scored just under 40 in base and base attack, which I think that's a pretty good flaw. So, I mean, if he's the biggest issue in your pro- in your team, then yeah, move him on for Bradman Best or whatever. But I think he's actually a, could be a, a relevant play. Trying to find out more information uh, from Wacko Jacko and the likes, but I don't mind hanging on to him for another at least another week. It's not like his break evens his, his break even's not super high. Next question from. Reno Kawana at TYLL Podcast D. They ask, is there a baseline team value to aim for before stopping worrying about cash generation and just working to improve the 17? 11 mil, for example, or 12 million? Oh, look, I think it's a really good question because, uh, you know, obviously this season, really different. We don't quite know how, I mean, no one's done super coach like this before, right? We've never not had buyers, things like that. So when to start nothing is a really good question. Uh, when can you stop focusing on chasing cash? I know a lot of people are wrestling with, uh, do I jump on Bradman Best? Do I jump on Harry Grant? I mean, looking at this, I was trying to work out, and I just, I just looked at the most expensive players, obviously, over the first four rounds, who's done well, who's done badly. But kind of working it out in the sense that, well, look, you're going to want Teddy Turbo or Ponga. Chances are they're all going to be around that $750,000 mark or floating around there. Haas is going to be there on that price. Tamalolo is going to be around that price. So working backwards like that, I worked out that you're probably going to be floating between that 11 to 12 million mark just filling out your 17. And you probably usually want to have one or two other guys who, you know, one week suspension or whatever comes in at a pinch can sub in. So I think at the bare minimum, I want to aim for about 12 million team value at this point in time. But one of the other considerations I think you should have is, you know, whether you sacrifice cash. So, like I said, this whole question of best grant or jump on Teddy Turbo. If you sacrifice the cash on, you know, let's say Grant, he might go up a hundred, hundred fifty thousand, depending on how many points he scores today, um, this week rather, and you might be able to get in a Teddy or Turbo a week earlier because you think they're going to go large against the Broncos or the Bulldogs, right? perfectly reasonable but I think again it comes down to planning your next week's trades does the fact that then in round six you need to spend money to get Grant because I don't think you go can go without him he's going to make too much cash and is a potential keeper he could be that hooker backup for the rest of the year that you could grab at well right now you can grab him for 184k but you know would you pay 300 grand for him next year next week you probably could still do that but you know, does that extra 120, 150,000 make it harder for you to trade in and upgrade your team in round six and round seven? Basically, is it worth you taking a potential points hit this week versus 
you know, you being able to do a double upgrade next week or, uh, you know, a, a three guns in round six and round seven because you didn't have to cop an extra 150 grand getting in Harry Grant a week late. So that's the way I would look at it, basically, and planning your trades in that regard. So hopefully that helps a little bit. But yeah, I think at the bare minimum, you're probably going to want to have about 12 million team value. But that's not necessarily right now, obviously, because you might still grab onto a guy like a Bradman Best, Harry Grant, at a cheaper price, with the potential that they end up being in your top 17 or at least your top 18, 19 squad indefinitely. So that's something to, to also think about. But yeah, don't automatically sacrifice all the cash generation opportunities just because you're trying to chase the points down. There's still more than three quarters of a season um, left, including this week. Obviously, once this week passes, it'll be part of that. But yeah, that's the way I would look at it. Uh, next question from Daniel Nichols at Snicko78. Sarko or Flegler via Jules for best? Look, I would probably trade Flegler. Uh, as much as Osaka is going to drop in cash, you know the Broncos do have a good runner coming up. If you think the Broncos can turn this around and actually score points against the likes of the Bulldogs and the Titans and even the Warriors, those are some of the teams coming up in the next four or five weeks. If that's the case, then I would back Osaka to be a playable uh, option in your 17. And yeah, sure, he's going to drop cash for the next two weeks because he's got that low rolling uh, score in his rolling average for a bit, but... If he's going to do well, he'll bounce back. Those points will be, you know, his cash will rise again. And then once the Broncos easy draw is gone, you can probably offload him for same price, if not higher. Whereas Flugler's potentially going to just rot on the bench as his minutes might drop. Um, yeah, he still played plenty of minutes last week, but, you know, the the Pang guy, the David Feeder, all those guys are coming back soon. So that's going to definitely eat into his game time for sure. And last question from Dan at Bark on Storm Tiger. Quite an interesting one. So he asks, what's the order of priority in fixing squads? For example, get two fullbacks, then two hookers, then four back rowers, or maybe get your best back rowers and then focus on your halves, etc. So what's the order as I feel like I'm spending money in center wing. Uh, sorry, I feel like spending money on center wing is a waste of money at the moment. I'd guess order is fullback, hooker, back row, halves, front row, center wing, last. So I think this is actually quite a difficult question to answer. And the, the reason is, is because it really depends how bad your center wing, how bad your halves are. That's the, probably the way I'd look at it. Um, every week I'm looking at you know, what trades can I make to improve my 17, right? Sometimes there are some trades that make sense. You just, because you've got a decent option. Um, for example, let's use Pappenhausen, right? Sure, he's not set the world on fire. He's no Teddy Turbo. He's no Ponga. But as it stands, he's a pretty good option. He's a safe option. He's not going to leave you with a bad score anytime soon. So is it more the gap between going, say, Pappenhausen to, say, Teddy or Turbo or whatever, to one of those top three fullbacks at the moment? Is that going to improve your team over, say, let's say you're rolling out, you know, like a, a Zach Lomax or... I know some people are thinking about upgrading Pappenhausen to Teddy, but they're playing Avarillo as their fourth center wing. Like, to me, I would probably focus on fixing that because the gap between Avarillo to, let's say, a Yo or a Capewell could be 50, 60 points. And the cost of doing that is a lot less than doing Pappenhausen to Teddy, who, 
I mean, Paps could score 70 this week. Teddy could score 140, but you know what I mean? Like, what's more likely that Yo or Cape uh, will come out and score a 70 and Avrilo gets a 20? And, and, you know, that's the way I would look at it. So even if it's a one-week thing, doesn't mean you, you have to go in a particular order. I would probably just look at each week, uh, looking at, you know, what options are going to come up um, in, in the next two weeks even. So if you think... Um, all right, so I, I need to fix my center wing this week, and I know that maybe Damien Cook's going to be a really juicy price next week. Or if you think, look, I'm, I'm going to upgrade my my uh, my fullback this week, but rather than uh, even though I know my center wing needs some help next week, I'm not think Nathan Cleary is going to be a nice price for me to jump on the following week. So I don't think there's going to be a, a sp- specific order. I really just think it depends on team need, and ultimately. Um, it kind of just depends who's going to come up, who's going to be a good option, who can you get a good price. Like, you know, this week you have to get Bradman best because, and that fixes your center wing. So it's not like you're just going to ignore him because you're focusing on fixing your back row or whatever. So uh, that's probably how I'd approach it. And uh, I'd, hopefully that's answered your question. If not, then uh, hit me up, let me know. Uh, but look, that's enough rambling from me. Uh, kick off tonight, Thursday. Uh, here is a little bit of rain, so it's something to look into. But yeah, look, um, I think if the Broncos lose by anything lower than 30 points, I think that's a win <laughs> for me. Uh, so fingers crossed. Good luck uh, to you all this week, and uh, we'll catch you soon.